Welcome to the Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we break down three movies every month from the IMDb <laughs> Top 250, but Clunky. we also do a, a wide variety of other things, including games and trivia and top five lists and pod v pods. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Daniel Henderson. How you going, mate? Good, mate. Good to see you again. I feel like my intro is getting worse. What do you think? I just got to let the listeners know that he doesn't put that on. Like, he actually doesn't know what to say every single time he does it. <laughs> I think they know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a good week, Dean. We actually uh, we caught up finally in person. Yes, for, we did. Since, uh, what, April? Yes. So, uh, in Victoria, where we are in Australia, our, you know, our numbers are very, very low now. Our two-week rolling average, I believe, is 36 and we were mm. actually able to see each other outside. So that was a beautiful moment. It was. It was very touching. And there was definitely no hugs or any of that. We were definitely 1.5 metres apart wearing masks. Oh, I, I was saying the it was very touching was very literal. <laughs> I don't think we're allowed to, Hendo. <laughs> anyway, what are we doing today, Hendo? Well, we've got Pod V Pod 43 today and we've got a rematch this time. It is Jay and Ryan from In Session Film. They are back to seek some vengeance after their like 2% loss to us in the draft last time they were on. Ooh, exciting. Well, with that awesome enthusiasm from you, Dean, then let's uh, let's get into it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, Dean, it's time for Pod V Pod 43, where we have some of your favourite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. And last time we had Jetty and Brendan from In Session Film. This time it's rematch, In Session Film time, but... It's Jane Ryan. Welcome back to the show, guys. Welcome. How's it going, guys? We're doing very well. Fantastic. Very, very well. You guys have seen the B team, but now you've got the uh, now you got the A team on. This is going to be a good one. I'm very excited to be back. Yeah. I've I've had multiple teammates on here, and now I'm back with the in session film crew. <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be good. I'm ready. I'm thirsty for a victory. Yeah. Ooh, I'm thirsty too. Do you remember the last time you guys were on? What happened? Yeah, it was very, very close. Um, mm-hmm. and I dominated most of that night and saved Jay's butt. Um, I distinctly remember him missing a Chris Evans classic, I believe that night. And that's true. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. uh, really got screwed over by the, the IMDB game. That's what happened there. <laughs> I, I tried to bring that to court to protest that, but they actually would not accept the case because it was a foreign, there was a foreign problem there. It was the overseas, you know, yeah. it's very complicated to, to file a yeah, lawsuit paperwork. across countries, yeah, across oceans. So un- unfortunately I had to accept the L on that one. Yeah, we did. I think it was one all in the first two. And then at the end of the draft, we won 51% to 49. Yep. Jeez yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah. We didn't want to hear that. Um, that's we're, awful. We're, we're a formidable team, I think, but uh, no, we, we took yeah. the loss that day. But I, we don't plan yeah. on doing that again today. God, way to you know, put it pressure on us already, Jay. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's do it. Let's start off first round with our standard movie quiz. Pop quiz, asshole. Five questions, one point per correct guess. And we always ask you guys the question first. So who wants to take the first question? I'll take it. All right, Ryan, here we go. Category is animated. Who voices Ginormica in 2009's Monsters vs. Aliens? Oh, wow. Oh, boy. A movie I, I sure as hell have not seen. I think Reese Witherspoon is in that? Yeah. Um, oh, wait. I can't I can't help, yeah. can I? You can't help me here. I don't know why you're doing <laughs> that. You're already breaking the rules. I have no idea if she's a monster or an alien can or I, what. Can I get that, the that, question one more time, please? Sure. 
Who voices Gynormica in 2009's Monsters vs. Aliens? I don't, I don't I have no idea. Um, Glenn Close. I don't know. Yeah, it's Reese Witherspoon. Oh, oh, it <laughs> you is. Know what? Oh. I, I, <laughs> honestly, I'm glad you didn't get that right because I, I would have felt bad or at sure least I would have said that was my turn if, if that ended yeah. up being correct but you know <laughs> that's just that's whatever just my bad. bad hands up there but I don't think Ryan knew that one either way so I think we're in the clear no I, I had I, I remember seeing like five minutes of that movie on TV and that was and I was like I'll never watch this whole movie and so shame on me for never were finishing. you uh, were you team monsters or teams team aliens you know, at first I was really team monsters um, for the first two and a half yeah, minutes yeah. I saw. But then by what the middle <laughs> bit of that, I really turned into team aliens. And then I just couldn't care less who won. And I was just ready for it to end. Well, some people some people have called it the definitive, the definitive allegory for the racial tensions of the 2000s in America. So yeah, um, yeah, that's I, really I interesting. Get, that I definitely you got that. that way, yeah. So. I really, yeah, yeah, I really yeah, need yeah, to go yeah. back and yeah, cool. write a think piece on that for the website. So, yeah, I look forward to that one. First, I got to watch the film. All right, Dean, you want to take the first question here? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. Um, first question: What movie did Tom Hanks earn his first Oscar nomination? His first Oscar nomination. Hmm. Hmm. Ah, uh, jeez. I don't. <laughs> I mean, I know he won it first in Philadelphia. I just don't know if he got nominated before that. I'm assuming that is too easy, and there must be something that he did get nominated for before that. I don't know. He did so many comedies in the 80s, though. There was that stupid baseball movie that was terrible. Uh, <laughs> big. Big's a great movie, but mm. I can't see him. I can't see him like getting nominated for a big. I don't like this. A league of their own slander. It's a good yeah. movie. I know. I've had to oh, deal with this bullshit for so Sorry, long. I'd, I'd forgotten the name. It was that bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got nothing better. So I'm going to say Philadelphia. That is incorrect. The yeah. correct answer is big. Ah, oh, come on. Cool Dane. nomination. He cool nominated nomination. He deserved cool it. Cool nomination, but it, right? it does feel like a weird nomination. Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Dane. <laughs> I love Big as well. Big's a fantastic yeah. Oh, film. at least you like movie. Big, yeah, right? It's great. You know? Eats no that, slander eats, towards eats that the tiny one. corn. <laughs> you know? It's weirdly sexual, and when yeah. you really break it down, it's it's entirely inappropriate and dark, but a uh, great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Best not to think too hard about it. Yeah. All right, Jay, let's see if you can get a point on the board. Dean, why don't you ask this All question? Right. All right. In the category of Oscars, how many Oscars has Emma Stone been nominated for? Oh geez, she, we would we should have let Ryan go first. We should have uh, gotten. We should have had me go first. This or we should oh we should have let Ryan have this question. Um, okay, uh, so she won for La La Land. Uh, I believe she was nominated for the favorite, although I might be wrong. Um, I I don't know for sure that she was nominated for the help, but I'm just going to hedge and say that it was either that one or another one, and say three. Ah, uh, you should have stopped at two. No. The answer is two. Whoa, 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 no, 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 no. She's nominated three times. You know, it, when it, when it comes to the Oscars, times. Ryan is always... Fact whoa, check. Hang on, hang on. Fact oh, check. Was, oh, oh, I have a challenge. Fact check. I have a challenge you could, you here. You could be right. Okay. You could be right. She was nominated right. for Birdman. The, Os- oh, the Oscar Birdman. buff is saying... Oh, she Birdman. Was nominated she was oh. nominated for the favorite, Bad and man. she won for La La Land. That's three, baby. He's wow. right. Wow. My apologies. That was my research. I wow. was, was, she, help, but I knew was she definitely nominated wow. for the favorite? Okay. Yep. All right. It was the yeah. double nominee. Yeah, supporting. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. There we yeah. go. Okay. No. Very good. Be, you got I'd it. I'd rather be lucky than good. 
and I got Good it. Good job, Jay. So proud of you. All right. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, what are we up to here? Lost my train of thought with that one. You should be ashamed of yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty yeah, that embarrassing was my bad. for you. Uh, mm. All right, so <laughs> we got question number still... two here. <laughs> yeah. All right. And that's uh, yep. me. Question number two. What was the first film that Robert Zemeckis directed? It's in the Criterion Collection. It's not an anonymous movie, but what was the first film that Robert Zemeckis directed? I know bugger all about the Criterion Collection. (laughs) I keep hearing about it, though. (laughs) Well, I saw someone on Twitter describe it as the Funko Pop for, uh, like, people with (laughs) Bachelor's of Arts degree, which is fair. It's a deep burn for for those who collect Criterions, but it it is a fair assessment. You collect them too. I'm saying, I'm not about. saying, like, I'm not proud of collecting them. It's a stupid thing to do. The Criterion channel exists. It has almost everything that you could get on the discs. But, and uh, yet, we buy them every yeah, Well, that's, other that's, ex- that's exactly months. right. That's exactly right. I need to go back on, because I know, I, I know of this story. Before he did Back to the Future, I, th- I think he had to do a film prior to that. Uh, I know there's this story that I just don't have lodged at the front of my brain right now. Come on, think, think, think. Ah, oh, man. The gears are turning. Not fast enough. Deep sweat. Deep sweat in the middle of the forehead. Yeah, I know once you say the answer, I know there's, um, that whole story about what happened is going to flood right back in. Oh, so once I tell you the answer, you're going to know it? That's that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I swear, you are such a letdown. <laughs> Guys, I got I, I got to get to work soon. I mean, come on. Yeah, I got <laughs> man alive. I know the answer. Oh wait, I'm, I can't give you that. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm wrong. But American Gigolo. It is not American Gigolo. So the film he made before Back to the Future was Romancing the Stone, but that was actually his third film. His first film was the the Beatles film I Want to Hold Your Hand. Uh, okay. hey, I've seen that. It's a it's a very solid movie. I think it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. But that was it. And then I think he made it it's was no a league of their own, but it's still really good. <laughs> it <laughs> it was that wrong. one, and then uh, used cars, which is a movie I just saw for the first time, and it absolutely rules. Oh, and then so Romancing the Stone, and then Back to the Future. So he got he got, Romancing the Stone was the story I was talking. Yep, I was thinking yep. of about the stunt double who jumped off the cliff, and yeah, yep. but I was going to be wrong anyway if I thought of that. Okay, two questions in. You guys are one up on us, I believe. Ryan, it's back to you here. Right. In the category of crime, members of a gang wear red leather vests as their key identifying clothing in what 1979 crime movie? This is oh. It's probably something like very important, and I'm just. I have a guess, but I don't think it's right. Nineteen seventy nine. I mean, it's not like it's like right at the peak before the. No, I'm not going to say that. That's stupid. Um, He was about to say it's right before the the eighties. Before the eighties, yeah, nineteen seventy nine, which is Um, true. Yeah, of of course, a very very true statement. But I'm just thinking of. God, my mind is my mind is hitting other movies. It's it's I just don't even know. Uh, Carlito's way. I don't know. It is actually the Warriors. Oh, oh that's, that's right. what I was well, gonna I'm, say. I've, oh man, I've, I've actually <laughs> I've actually never seen the Warriors, and so you're not Ryan, missing You might have showed up, but but you did not come out to play. Play. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. 
No, no. Well, I did save you you on your question, Jay. So that, that that's my only saving grace. So well, far. you did correct. I mean, technically, I was the one that got the question correct. But why don't you go ahead and ask the next one? <laughs> Fair. If they get a point on the board, please. All, All right. right. What was the first American film to show a toilet on screen? What was the first American film to show a toilet on screen? Well, as an Australian, uh, I would think <laughs> I'd probably have to go with uh psycho that is correct yep wow thank you Good it's kind of just one of those weird facts that's kind of famous but you either know it or you don't know it uh yeah, or i don't know if that was a guess i did not know it yeah <laughs> clearly i did not <laughs> but it is a it is a fun fact all right jay get this right you you take it back to the lead let's do it come on jay all right the category is classics what words are written on the knuckles of Reverend Harry Powell, played by Robert Mitchum? Oh, I just in I just the watched Night this movie. of the Hunter. Uh, Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to be very upset if I if I miss it, but I, I believe it's love and hate. That is correct. Yeah. Damn it. That a boy, Jay. Great, great movie. And then Spike Lee copied it. Yep. Oh, he did. Yes, he, he did. Literally, just like watched that a month ago. Yep. Like, yeah, yeah. I really like just watched that for the first time. <laughs> like, yeah, that was that was that was. I was literally looking on his letterbox. I was like, "Oh, you watched that tonight, huh?" He was like, "Yep, good movie." Oh, very nice. And then he just <laughs> five stars. <laughs> very, very, very solid five stars for me. All right, y'all ready for number four? Yeah, given my track record tonight with uh, actually answering questions and coming up with questions, I don't think I'm going to do too well here. All right, I, I, this is the easiest question we have, so so we'll see here. Um, oh, don't say that. <laughs> what is the lowest grossing MCU film at the domestic box office? It's the United States domestic box Yes, that is uh, uh, US, oh. uh, North America. Yeah. I mean, I feel, like it, I feel like it has to be Incredible Hulk. I mean, they kept getting bigger and bigger as they went along. And that was right at the start of it all. What, what's in contention? The second Thor. I mean, that would make a lot of money. It was just come out, out after the Avengers. I don't think anything past the Avengers would be the lowest grossing. I feel like it'd have to be Incredible Hulk. And I can't think of any other answer. So it's the Incredible Hulk. You got it. That's right. You got it right. I was, yeah. The reason I put yes. it there is because I was hoping that some people just forget that that movie is in the MCU. And I wanted that moment. <laughs> Unfortunately, it did not pay off. And I told him that is too easy. And he said, we'll see. And it was. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm happy with that. All right. Four questions in. We've got two apiece heading into the collab round. Let's see how you guys go with this one. And the category is movie milestones. What is the first movie ever to be rated PG-13? Oh, man. All right. So it's one of two. Because I know there were two that, or no, or were these just the two that made it a thing? Yeah, that, that's like the thing about so, it, Jay. So it's like Temple of Doom and Gremlins were like the turning points for PG-13, but I can't remember if they were the first ones to be rated PG-13 or if they were the reason. No, because I think it's still PG because then, um, I'm sorry, Last Crusade is the first one in the in the series that is PG-13, so it cannot be Temple of Doom. Um, and it's not like something like Ghostbusters even, like, you know, so, um, which right. is PG My, and then well. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave it, I'm, I'm gonna say Gremlins, and, and I'm going to let you decide if you want to take I see, that I think or that's, leave it. I, I, I think that's PG as well. I think that's PG as well. 
<sighs> that might be one of those that it was like, okay, we have to we have to change the ratings now because of this movie. They put they put a in thing my, in a blender and it explodes. They put something in a microwave. Yeah. <laughs> we we need to we need to draw a line here. Yeah, uh, I know oh. it's a, I know it's oh, a, man. I know it's a big I know it's a big film. Like I, I I know that. You know what, Jay? I'll just go. I'll go with you. You you got the hot hand. So if you want to tell, all right, we're tell going it, Gremlins. I'm, I'm going. That is incorrect. Oh. It is the 1984 film Red Dawn. Oh. That makes sense. It wasn't even yeah. wasn't even on my radar. <clears throat> Was not on my you radar. Either know it or you don't. Yeah. Jay, yeah. I thought you were the 80s champ. What's going on? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, it, that's that's a fair point. I was I was alive for exactly zero <laughs> movies in the 1980s, despite that moniker, <laughs> that championship belt I own. So I uh, actually never even seen Red Dawn. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've seen it, but I, I couldn't believe that that's actually the first one. But hey. You know, I, I always knew of uh, Temple of Doom and Gremlins as like the the ones that changed the, it, but yeah. they weren't the ones yeah. that actually nope. did it. They yeah. were the one that They're caused the, the change, away. I guess. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I guess y'all get to collaborate on this one. And we wanted to throw in a question here because we have both simultaneously been doing this David Fincher series, and Ooh. I wanted to uh, I wanted to throw in a Fincher question. So. The David Fincher question. Uh, name four of the five Oscar-nominated performances from David Fincher films. Okay, Oscar-nominated performances. Yep. So so let's just go through the films. How many... I mean, surely Alien 3 had something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie that's actually good, yeah. 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 Okay, so let's go through the ones that we've just done recently. So I'm pretty sure Jesse Eisenberg got nominated because he lost to Colin Firth. Uh, yep. I know back when we did Benjamin Button, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Kate Blanchett got nominated. I am not 100 sure if did Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt did too. Maybe let's keep. Let's just leave that there for now. Uh, did Rosamund Pike get nominated for Gone Girl? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, we can probably skip Panic Room. Uh, yes. Oh, Rudy Mara for Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yes. Definitely did. Uh, is Hold that on. Five? They said okay. name name four of five. Four of five. Yeah. Mm, are okay, we, are we, we confident on all the ones? We've named five. Yeah, well, well, I don't think... Nothing in Alien 3. I don't think uh, seven. I don't think Morgan Freeman got nominated. Nah. I'm pretty sure he didn't. Nah. Um, no. Nothing in Fight Club. Nah. Nothing, nothing in the in game. The game. Zodiac? Nothing in Panic Room. No, Zodiac. Zodiac. Zodiac, Zodiac. No, I think that got pretty shunned at the, at the Oscars. Okay. I think. But I know Benjamin Button... Obviously, was nominated for best picture, so that had a couple of and you're certain other awards there. Blanchett got nominated. I mean, that's. I mean, we did Benjamin Button like like a year ago, yeah. so I feel like that's the more that's the more iffy one. But okay, so just to clarify, let's, you said to nominate to pick four out of five. Four out so of let's, five. Rooney Mara okay. for sure. Okay. Yep. That's why Eisenberg. Eisenberg for sure. Okay. Yep. Rosamund Pike for Gone Girl for sure. Yeah. What else did we say? We said Pitt and Blanchett, but Pitt was a maybe. Uh, was there? Hmm. Maybe there. Maybe there was a Zodiac one. Did uh did Downey Jr. get nominated for supporting in Zodiac? Gee, I don't know. I really don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. I think I think Blanchett's a better answer to go for. Okay, I'm ha- I'm happy with Blanchett. All right, yeah, let's do those four. Okay. All right, so you're going Eisenberg, Mara, Rosamund Pike, and Kate Blanchett. 
you got three out of four. Those first three are right. Kate Blanchett did not get nominated oh. for Benjamin Button. Did, the two nominees from that one were Brad Pitt and Taraji P. Henson God, P. got Henson. nominated for that movie. Oh, come on, Hendo. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you had no idea. Yeah, you missed the two yeah. Benjamin Buttons. Pitt Benjamin and, Buttons. and Henson. Yep. I mean, yep. Yeah. I did put Pitt out there and got shut down, so... Thanks, you did. Yeah. You, that yeah. feels the other one you like a Blanchett Ooh. nomination, though. I don't blame you there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does make sense given her track record with the Academy, but yeah. I mean, All right. also, Brad Pitt is pretty beloved, too. So it was. That is true. You, you shooting him down made my heart go, yes. Okay, good. Good. good, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, two apiece in the first round. So we start this one off on a tie. Interesting. 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 But let's see how we go in this second game, which is... The list is an absolute good. The list is life. And what this game is, is both teams have three lists of ten films that the other team have to basically guess what movies are on that list. Now, what, what the point score is, every time you get one right in that list, you get a point. But as soon as you get one wrong, that's the end of the, that's the, end of the round for you. you that, no more points oh, wow. for that list. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we asked the first question in the first round. You guys can give us the first list. And Dean, you can go first here. Take it, Ryan. Okay. So the first list we would like to throw at you is name the last 10 movies that were released starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, just, okay. that, just that he was in. He was yeah, in Yeah, I was, was going to say. Yeah. He's, and these are confirmed from IMDb themselves. Okay. We, Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. That is correct. That is one. Mandy. That is incorrect. No. What? Wow. What? Didn't that come out like yesterday? I was like, you're really underestimating his prolific yes. nature as, an, as a performer. <laughs> wow. Wow. I was so optimistic then. I wrote down he got it right. When, Ryan, said it. when Ryan put that list together, I really was like, you're sure Mandy is not on this list. I mean, th- yeah, this I was, is wow. sure. crazy. The film, would you like to know the films? Yeah. The last 10 films that have been released starring Nicolas Cage are Grand Isle, Primal, Kill Chain, Running with the Devil, Color Out of Space, A Score to Settle, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Between Worlds, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, and 211. So we're doing this, are we? I say. <laughs> truly, uh, truly, I, I gotcha. truly a mean question of Ryan to ask. I, I mean, that, I that's, truly that's unbelievable. I truly remember Shore as one of those IMDb ones as well in the <laughs> past. So I came to play today, folks. Wow. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad I said Spider-Verse before Mandy because I was yeah. my first mm. thought was Mandy. But I thought, you should nah, always go uh, with those first thoughts. So they've those got, five, really they've got five questions, and now they're like, okay, let's do the hardest one. Let's keep this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> we always try to gauge it. All right, guys, who wants to go first for the first list here? Jay, would you want to take the honor? I'll take it, yeah. Ah, Ryan, you should have gone first. What? <laughs> Give us the, uh, the 10 lowest-rated IMDb Best Picture winners post-1950. And we will give you a hint. The highest rated of these 10 films is sitting at a 7.3. Damn it, again. Um, gosh. Crash? No! We're back what? in it! Yes! <laughs> you always need to go with something older there. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. even... I wouldn't like something like right, Green Ryan, Book. Ryan, what, what, what would your first guess have been, Mr. Oscar? 
Green Book? No, you'd be no! at two. Wow, okay. <laughs> Dude, you, you, you just <laughs> said Maybe you have with to wolves. go older, and then you guessed Green Book. No, I said you either have to go with something older or something truly, truly newly hated, I would say, because that movie, Green Book, is literally so new and so divisive that... All right, know, well, I, I want to hear up. him because I'm, I'm baffled. Yeah, All let's right, see. The highest rated of those 10 with a 7.3 is The Shape of Water. Yep, that makes sense because it's a bad movie. Wow, okay. Going down the list, you got Chicago. <laughs> Chicago yeah. is good. Chicago. Wow, okay. Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, that makes sense. That Driving tracks. Miss Daisy. Yep, that tracks. Out of yep. Africa. Yep, that tracks. Chariots of Fire. Tracks. Tom Jones. Oh, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> Gigi. Ooh, ooh, stinker. Yeah. Around the World in 80 Days. Yeah, probably one of the worst films ever won Best Picture. And The Greatest Show on Earth. Yep. Yeah, those are those are generally bad ones. Yeah. All right. I mean, Crash is, yeah. is a truly bad I feel bad for you, movie, Jay, though, because when, when Dean gave me this yeah. list, I said Crash first, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly <laughs> the same thing. It's the obvious, it's the obvious answer. It's 7.5. Yeah. God, that's got to be yeah. like a. You win some, I guess you win a, some, you lose. If some. it's an eight, if it's an eight, I uh, blowing up that website. Like I'm just bombarding it with zero star reviews. At least I, at least I know Ryan wouldn't have Crash done any better. Crash is seven point seven. Seven point seven. Yeah. Wow. That's nu- that's nuts. Very good question, guys. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Dean, pat yourself on the back. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Much better with the questions today. <laughs> Much better than you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, on to me. Let's see what I can do here. All right, okay. your question is, name the 10 most expensive movies ever made after inflation. Ooh. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. That's number one. That is you correct. Got it. Number That's one. That's one. That's one. Yeah, don't give me that look, Dean, all right? I, I was already clapping. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pull. Uh, I've got like three in my head, but I feel like... If one of them's wrong, I'm going to come off even more stupider today. Waterworld. That is incorrect. Waterworld, I think, was like 12. <gasps> yeah, it was close. It was close. It was I had Cutthroat Island as well. Nope. Well, that's incorrect no. as well. Not so on there. Like there too. Gone with the Wind. Gone no. with the Wind is not on there. So the interesting part is most of these, every single one of them except for Titanic. Star Johnny Depp. Is from, <laughs> yeah, is from yeah, the 21st all his century. Scarves, so. <laughs> So number one was Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, like you said. Number two is Avengers Age of Ultron. It's just all those salaries, man. They got to pay them all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End is number three. That was an expensive movie. I remember that. Uh, Avengers Endgame is four. Infinity War five. Titanic six. Spider-Man three. Number seven. Wow. Justice League eight. Number nine. The biggest upset on this list. Tangled is number nine. Yeah, that movie yeah. was in development forever, and Ever. they, and it cost yeah. three hundred and five million dollars after inflation. Yeah, it's crazy to make. Yeah. And then number ten is Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Ah, okay. oh, yeah. man, interesting little. I list. should have just said. I should have said another Pirates of the Caribbean film. Yeah. All right. Wow. This is, this game is going awesome. <laughs> it is. Yeah. One to one through uh, uh, a round and a half. I think. Yeah. Yep. No. No, I have zero. Oh, no. One, it's two, one it's to zero. zero. Apologies. It's two zero. It's two zero. Oh, they got one to zero. Yeah, two zero. Okay. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Yeah. You got some catching up to do. I'm I'm keeping a track of this. Mm-hmm. You know. All right. Give me the last ten Gene Hackman films. Ooh. All right, Ryan. You better do this one. Runaway Jury. Yes. Welcome to Mooseport. Yes. Tied it up. I think movies with Gene Hackman in them. 
Mike's been gone so long. But man, what a presence, by the way. Just it's a cool guy. Just a, what a great, great, great actor. Two-time Academy Award winner. Um, <clears throat> Quit stalling. <laughs> Trying to think. I mean, the replacements. Yes. Very nice, Ryan. I'm going all the way back to the replacements. Because he's spaced it out so much. It's it's ridiculous how much he's spaced out his career. And he hasn't done stuff in such a long time. He's getting old. He, well, I mean, he's... No, he's Plus retired. He more money uh, than God. Uh, he could afford to do it. I think he's 90 now. No. No way. Is he really? Wow. Good for yeah. He is. He's 90. Wow, he's looking... Yeah. He's smoking yeah. for 90. Not gonna lie. Um, have you seen a picture of him in like twelve years? I mean, I haven't seen a picture I, of him. I have no, I have no idea what else he could be in. I'm just gonna say Unforgiven and take my and take our lead. Okay, Unforgiven is Unforgiven. not there. You went back to 1992, dude. I'm telling you, I, 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 I don't have any more in there. I got us the lead. What else do you want, <laughs> Ryan? I, I love how you say he spaced out his films. There's five films from 2001 on this yeah, list. Not spaced out at all. <laughs> Uh, so, welcome to Mooseport. Good get. That was his last ever film. Uh, then was, was Runaway yep. Jury. Then came uh, Behind Enemy Lines. Oh, yep. yeah, with Owen Wilson. Yep. The Royal Tenenbaums. Oh. Yep. Also with Owen Wilson. Also Heist. with Owen Wilson. Uh, Heartbreakers. Is Enemy of the State on there? It is. It's the last one. So, Heartbreakers, The Mexican, The Replacements, Under Suspicion in 2000, and Enemy of the State in 98. Mm. Yep. All right. I still got the lead. Still got us the lead. Right, you do have the you lead. Did. You did three, two, one, he one point so lead. He so unhappy that I got the lead there. Look, at, I mean, like we can see each other's faces. Well, you just he missed. So I mean, any of, I enemy of the state was a disastrous omission on your part, and uh, <laughs> behind enemy lines, behind I think was rather lines, egregious as well. Right yeah, yeah. With my podcast host. All right, last list here. We are down by a point, Dean. Let's collab right. and try and extend a big All lead. All right, here. gentlemen, going back to the Oscars. Okay. Ooh, I like this. I want you guys to give us the 10 best actor winners of the 2000s. Okay. From 2000 uh, let's see. to 2009. Okay, don't don't cross us until we discuss and lock stuff in, okay? Agreed. Okay. Okay. Okay, so the the first one I immediately think of in 2000s is Daniel Day-Lewis for There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. All right, let's you're going to lock that one in right lock now. Lock it in. That is correct. Okay. So so the 2000s obviously is, is 2000 2009. Okay, now is this the year the movie came out? It's the or year the year of the Oscars. The year they won that award. No, that's wrong, Ryan. It's no, the year the movie yeah. came out. It's the year oh, right. the, the year the movie, movie came, came out. out. Okay, so the yeah. movie. But then okay. the, but yes. Yeah, the year so, the movie came out. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sorry, so let's okay, so we start off with 2000. Did, did Russell Russell Crowe won that for best actor I'm pretty sure. Uh for, for Gladiator. Gladiator. Yep. Yep. Yeah, because I remember him getting up on the stage and all that stuff. Yeah, lock that in. Yeah, okay. So all right, Russell Crowe. That is correct. Now, did he win for A Beautiful Mind the next year? Did he do a double? No. I, oh, no, no, no. I don't. He didn't. He didn't? Uh, no, because he was nominated for The Insider the year before, and he, he didn't go back to back. Okay. Uh, because it won Best Picture. He didn't win that okay. year. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't know. I think Denzel won that year, I think. Uh, which which Denzel? Training Day. Tra- training he Day. He definitely yeah, won yeah, for oh, that's, Training that's, Day. Yeah. Is that after 2000? Yeah, right. uh, yeah? Yes. Okay. I would I would lock that in. He definitely won that. Well, yeah, yeah Training Day wasn't 1999. Uh, yeah, I put yeah, my finger up. You got it. You got yeah. it. You oh, got I'm not even it. looking. <laughs> Jay, don't give him in until they lock it in. He said lo- he locked it in. I did say lock it in. This is true. Uh, okay, 2002. I can't really think of right now. Oh, uh, uh, Adrian Brody for the pianist. Oh, good one. 
Yeah, Lock that go in. with that. That is correct. Boom. Let's see. This is this is getting a little scary uh, here. Uh, I'm I'm trying I'm just trying to picture them going up on the stage, and I know that I know that Kevin Spacey, and Michael Caine were the was 99 and 98. I'm pretty sure. So move aside from that. Moving on from Adrian Brody. Let's see. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like the best picture winners to try and get a, a gauge for the year. So if you can if you can throw some out, it would help my thought process, Endo. So what did we just did 2002, didn't we? No, no, no. No, we didn't do 2002 because 2002 Chicago won and the pianist won best picture as well. I'm pretty sure so that must have been a different year. Mm. Million Dollar Baby won 2004. Did Clint Eastwood win that year for Best Actor? Oh, I wouldn't. Oh, uh, no, 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 hang on, hang on. Um, do we need to say the movies? Why? What was the question? Just, I'm just, no, he asked, he, yeah, what is no, it? He uh, asked for just the Best Actor uh, winners. Best Actor winners. I mean, you... I, mean, I don't think so. No, you don't have to. Yeah. I don't no, think so. Yeah. You're fine. Why? Okay, George Clooney definitely won for one of those films he did in the 2000s. I can't remember if it was Syriana or Good Night and Good Luck or whatever, but he definitely won one. Are we locking Are that lock- in? Oh, yep. Are you locking that in? Yes, um, let's do okay, it. Okay, lock that in. That is incorrect. Mm-hmm. What you were oh. thinking of is George Clooney won Best Supporting Actor for Damn Syriana, it. and he did not win anything yeah. for Good Night and Good Luck. The rest of them were, of course, I'll go in order from the beginning of the decade till the end. Russell Crowe yep. for Gladiator, Denzel Washington for Training Day, Adrian Brody for The Pianist, Sean Penn for Mystic River, oh. Jamie oh, you Fox, two. Shit. Jamie Fox for Ray, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman for Capote, Forrest Whitaker for The Last King of Scotland, Daniel Day-Lewis, There Will Be Blood, Sean Penn again for yep. Milk, and Jeff Bridges for Crazy Heart. Okay. Buddy Sean Penn. Mm. Couldn't have happened to a better guy. Yeah. Two-time <laughs> Oscar winner, Sean Penn. But good job, guys. Okay. Yeah. We uh, uh, finished that on six, so you guys need three more for the tie or four for All the right. win. Mm-hmm. And what we've got here is give us the top 10 highest paid actors or actresses of 2020 from Forbes. Oh, jeez. Oh, I got one already. You got Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Lock it in. The Rock. Very good. There's one. I would say uh, I would say Sandler. Oh, I don't know about, I don't know. What about Kevin Hart? No, this is of 2020. What did he have? He only had that so one 2020, movie. 2020, what did he have? He didn't have anything. He had that, he had that movie Downey with Jr. Brian Cranston. I'd say Robert... I would say Robert Downey Jr. Uh, this is of 2020. Well, but they're basing it. They usually base these lists off of 2019 numbers. When was this list I mean, released? On, Do we have that information? Can we have? Can we have that? Is that where they're basing these numbers off of? Is that correct? Can we at least have that? All we have here is highest paid actors, actresses of 2020. What the hell? I mean, nothing's released this year, Jay. So I assume they're getting these numbers from. Yeah, the year I would. Before. I would have to assume you're probably right. Um, all right, I'm okay with that. Robert Downey Jr.? Yes. No. Wow. Is Sandler on the list? He is. Sandler is on there. <laughs> oh, because of the Netflix deal, I guess. I don't yep. know, because I wouldn't assume that based off of Uncut Jim's budget, I would assume. All right, let's go through this list here. Number one, definitely The Rock. Uh, and then Sam Jackson's up there. Nah, then Ryan Reynolds. Uh, then ooh, Mark Ryan Wahlberg. Oh, uh, yep, yep, yep. Ben Affleck. Yep, yep. Vin Diesel, which is odd. Uh, the well-known Bollywood star Akshay Kumar, of course. I mean, obviously. Uh, yeah. Hamilton God, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, Miranda. Uh, yeah. Will Smith, Adam Sandler at nine, and um. Jackie Chan at number ten. <laughs> wow. All right. Wow. 
I don't know that I would have gotten anything past Sandler, although Wahlberg was the other obvious one. But Will Smith makes sense. He did do Gemini Man. Uh, yeah. What did Gemini make? Like $4 billion? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he all, but how much was that budget? Like $9 billion? <laughs> Yeah, you know, you got to see him in 120 frames per second. You have not seen exactly, Will man. Smith until if, if you've you seen him at 120 cinema, frames per second. And you probably won't until 2021. Never. But when you do, demand your cinema. Put that movie back on the, on the big screen. Don't do it. All right. I am happy with that result. That was That's a good result for the end of that round. We end up taking it down with a 6-4 yeah. win there. So now, best case scenario, we tie. And the actual scenario is you will lose because we are heading into our movie draft. All right, gentlemen, what did you pick for the draft? Jay, you want to tell the lovely folks what we picked for the draft tonight? Yeah, well, we are uh, continuing the trend of our uh, us copying your David Fincher series. I don't know if you've listened or not, but we basically just write down what you guys said and just repeat it. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the other <laughs> way around. People, you people haven't <laughs> caught on sure. yet. No, because they were ahead of us by like a week the whole time. It was extremely disappointing. Yeah. Yep. But we, uh, we, we put a lot of prep time into it. We didn't, you know. Like, you know that's exactly was, right. It was months in advance. Yeah, yeah. That's no, where they but, separate themselves from our send <laughs> <laughs> They prep. <laughs> uh, but um, in the line of thinking of David Fincher, we decided to go with serial killer movies for our draft. Okay, and as usual, we let the guests decide if they would like to go first or second. So, what are you guys going to do? Jay, you want to go first? Uh, Yes, we will go first. Yes, we'll we'll go first. All right. Who wants to go first out of you two? I'll go first. Mm -hmm. All right. Kick it off, mate. What are you going for? All right. I'm going to take the best film of the year of my birth. It feels like a part of me as much as any film. Uh, in history, I'm, I'm going with The Silence of the Lambs from 1991, Jonathan Demme's wonderful movie that swept the Oscars that year and is just generally, truly one of my favorite movies. I freaking love that movie. It's it's so good and also so well made. Jonathan Demme made some awesome ass movies and that is one of them. So Silence of the Lambs. Nice. Very good choice. Good pick. All right, Dean, you want to go first or you want me to? No, say? I'll go first. Right, do it then. Yeah, no. Nah. Who's jumping at the bit to do that? Well, because I, I <laughs> Get think me in there. I think the number two film uh, is pretty obvious for me, and then there's a pretty big drop off. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take seven off the board here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I told you. See, I told you. You're looking at me like there's yeah, some derision. Nothing's in as the, good in as the movie those first two. team right now. Ryan and I are still yeah. unified. Uh, yeah. So, nope. so Ryan, have, who you got? Have, well, no, 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 it's, me. No, no, no. it's me. Oh, no, oh, that's them. right. Oh, it's, it's a snake. It's a yeah. snake. It's, it's a snake. snake. It's a snake. Yep. Uh, look, if we're if we're going a lot, if we can include those slasher type movies as well, I think I, I think I'm going to go Psycho. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that was definitely in in line with our criteria. So, yes, Psycho yes. it is. And okay. Okay. Very very good pick. That, very good. Pick. That wasn't. Not the movie I wanted to select because I will take the best David Fincher film, and I will also take the film that I think is fantastic. One of the best films of 2007, one of the most criminally underrated films of all time, and that is Zodiac. Yeah, mm. I thought that was coming. Great. So we each movie. got a Fincher. So Love it, go. Ryan. Good pick. Good pick. All right, Jay, over to you. All right, man. It gets a little thin here towards the end, uh, and we're not yeah, even. Towards it, it has the end dropped yet. off. 
pretty substantially. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, all right, I'm going to go with another slasher classic, and I'm going to take Halloween. Yeah, not bad at all. All right, Dean, what are you going to go for? Yeah, uh, whew, hmm. I will take the Frighteners. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. Okay. Just calm down over there, okay? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Just, you know. I am. It's a good movie. We're going for the deep cuts. Yeah. Oh, man. He went with heart, heart overhead on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you always got to make it so difficult for me to, to get our team back together? Oh, this is great. Oh, man. What have, what have I got here? What are my options? Fucking frighteners, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it really just like came out of nowhere too. It was like the frighteners. We all look crazy at it. Uh jeez. Let's Alright. This is this film's much more popular than I think of it. I think it's a fine film, but in terms of a serial killer slasher type movie, I think it's on Almost on par with Halloween. I'm gonna go scream. That was that was on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on the list. It's very good. Very solid. Um, All right, Ryan, your last picky. Jay, um, you're looking at the the you know, confer here. You can see what I'm. Are, are you? Uh, yeah, no, Ryan. This is your pick. I, I'm. Yeah, this is your individual pick. I'm letting you have it. I'm gonna go with a film that I think a lot of people really like. Um, and I think that I also like it too. I think it's a little controversial, but um, it's one of Christian Bale's best performances of his entire career. Kind of made him a big star. And I'm going to go with American Psycho. Very good. Very good choice. That plays. That's going to play. Yeah. It's going to play more than the Frighteners, I'll tell you that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So you see how he hasn't really defended himself? He's just kept silent now. <laughs> hey, I like quiet. the movie. And I'm sure there <laughs> you know are other people out there. You know that's not what it's there. about. <laughs> Don't use that. I like the movie. You've done enough drafts to know that's not the way we do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final pick here, Ryan. All right, gentlemen. Yep. Your last pick. Collab, go All for right, it. All let's talk through this. All right. Okay. We could go with another Fincher and take Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. We could, but I don't want to oversaturate it with Fincher. You don't want to over-Fincher. I mean, look. But, I mean, it's not a bad choice. I mean, people do love that. But then also, too, there are the fans out there that are divided on the original versus the venture cut as well, Jay. So um, you don't want to isolate well, any Well, we of could those double fans. down on Hannibal Lecter and go with Manhunter, a movie we I love. Could. Which, I mean, and it's a Manhunter directed by Michael Mann. That's, that's, uh, he's, that's my man. Um, yeah. Um, you know, we could. Oh, man, this is tough. There's no, like great pick here or we could go another yeah. slasher classic and take texas chainsaw massacre we could we could do that i mean i am from texas and it is a classic film and it is in the halloween fashion um i'm kind of good with it either any of these to be honest i mean my vote the strangers mm. is up there too yeah I mean, a, lot right the the a lot of people like the strangers a lot of people like the strangers ryan i feel like we've put We've put too much heart and soul into David Fincher to not have Girl with the Dragon Tattoo taken here. I think we got to go for it. I think we should go Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. That's just my opinion. Wow. What a what a conundrum we have here. 
We'll go with. We'll I mean, go they with. Took a, they took a classic. We need to take a classic as well. We'll go. Well, we took Halloween already. Oh, did we take Halloween? We took I Halloween. Can't remember. I'm so. It's so. It's been such a long night. Um, <laughs> no, they took Psycho. Oh, that's that's right. Um, but um, I, I say we go with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But I wouldn't. But I'm. I'm okay. Well, we did highlight Dragon Dead Two as a high one, and it is very good. We did. But Manhunter 2, maybe we don't want to double down on Fincher, but then we're doubling down on Hannibal Lecter. What, what, a, what a journey this what has a been conundrum. on, a true movie a journey but you know what? we've been it on today. It isn't the same sort of Hannibal Lecter. It's a different Lecter. That is true. It is. It is. Over, um, over. But have a lot of people seen Manhunter over The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? That's a real hey, you guys, You guys don't have anything to do today, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're just uh, taking our time. I literally you know? have to walk away in 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll give you nine and a half more minutes. Um, <laughs> you know, but which version do we go with, Jay? Do we go with the Fincher version? Or do we go with the original? Oh, we go with the Fincher version. Okay. I think, yeah, we'll go with Dragon Tattoo. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Lock it yeah. in. We'll take that. Lock it in. All right. Uh, our last pick, Carlab Dean. What do you think, Dean? Saw? Wish they took Manhunter. Um... Manhunter rules. All the the strangers, I've never even heard of that. (laughs) You never heard of the strangers? Come on, Dean. Seriously. (laughs) What do you mean just look at the frighteners? It's frighteners. Oh, man. (laughs) The frighteners, the frighteners. Either way, it's a horrible pick. Let's get Saw off the board. Love this. Jigsaw. Sure. All right. We'll we'll throw Saw up there. All right. That is going to do it. Let's take a look at our drafts. You guys have got Silence of the Lambs, Zodiac, Halloween, American Psycho, and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And we have Seven, Psycho, The Frighteners, Scream, <laughs> and Saw. You got great bookends there, but the meat of that sandwich is, is a, a little rough. Uh, sexy, yeah. Yeah, it's a I little like rubber. It. A little rubbery, that meat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll, uh, we'll find out the results of this poll uh, before this episode comes out because it, it is, as usual, a blind movie draft. So... This will be this will be interesting. I I want to hear what people say about that frighteners comment there. <laughs> All right, and that is going to do it. Thank you guys for coming back onto the show. It was an awesome battle once again. Thank you guys for having us back on. We had a blast. Always um, great. Pulling for that tie. Well, now, yeah, when we tie, we got to come back again. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, look forward to it. Yeah, we're just going to keep coming back until we figure out. Dean how to Dean just really wanted us code. to come back, so he took the frighteners. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm doing you guys a favor he's like, here. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he we love these for. guys. Let me take the draft. Uh, all right. So uh, why don't you just let the listeners know where they can find In Session Film Podcast? Well, you can find the In Session Film Podcast at InSessionFilm.com. You can follow us uh, on Twitter at In Session Film. We've got a ton of writers that are writing a lot of reviews right now uh, for various film festivals. Uh, the the main show is, is trying to do as many new reviews as possible, given everything going on. Uh, but we've kind of pivoted towards doing movie series. Um, so we we in the middle of Fincher, almost wrapping that up. We have a new one uh, starting soon. Uh, we will not announce that just yeah, yet. Yeah, we're, we're doing a really interesting thing with that series is that since a lot of people love Fincher and wanted to listen to that, we decided... What would no one listen to? And and we went with <laughs> and that so, one. So we're going the polar opposite yeah, yeah, this time. Yeah. But it also this one's more sort of blind spots and things that we haven't seen before. So we like to balance that out with older directors as well as contemporaries. And uh, for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan McQuaid seventy seven, and for Jay, you can find him at at Mr. Jay Ledbetter. And thank you guys so much for having us on. We love the show. Um, we, I listen to it all the time. I know Jay does as well, and it's been an absolute blast. And hopefully, we pull a tie so that we can 
come back and not be 0-2 for the love of God. Uh, I was going to say, it's not like if you lose, you're expunged from the show. If <laughs> <laughs> You know, we just don't want to have losses well, pile up. Yeah. It's, you know, at 0-2, it's, it's, I would feel like I would need to expel myself from any future opportunities. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. All right. Once again, thanks again, guys, for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, thanks guys. guys. All right. Before we continue, we'd just like to say that this show is brought to you by our awesome patrons who've been supporting the show for over two years now. Dean, I can't stop praising how awesome these patrons are, and I will never stop praising how awesome these patrons are. Absolutely. And as always, I'm beyond chuffed to say that we have another new patron. It is Stuart Garside. Stuart, happy to have you on board, mate. Welcome to the team, mate. Glad to have you on board. We do have another weekly patron-only podcast we release, including different director series such as Edgar Wright, for example. We also have several film series such as the Die Hard series, as well as specific films requested by our patrons. And we are in the middle of a patron-requested review series. And our awesome patron, Chris Beardsall, has selected Midsommar for us, Dean. Ah, Midsommar. Can't wait to re-watch that Midsommar, one. Midsommar, Dean. Midsommar. Midsommar. Yeah, can't wait for that one. So if you'd like to support the show, we have several different tier levels with varying rewards and benefits from as little as a dollar a month. Just head over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney. All right, mate, let's get to... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where in the spirit of the trial of the Chicago 7, which we both watched this month, we asked you, what is your favorite courtroom drama? All right, let's take a look at some responses over on Twitter. First one from Dan is not the problem. The Rainmaker. It's just so wholesome. Yeah, I haven't seen The Rainmaker. Yeah, me neither. Matt Damon, Danny DeVito. Yeah, sounds like a good film. Next up from Rochelle Norland. The only thing that comes to mind is the movie called 12 Angry Men, where it has actors like James Gandolfini, Tony Danza, and Dorian Howard. I wonder if they've seen the original. They might like it. I mean, if you like the remake so much, I definitely think you'll like the original. Tom Schutzer says, I'm going to stretch the definition of drama beyond reason and go with my cousin Vinny. The very lives of those two Utes are on the line, Your Honour. Nice. Uh, Matt Neglier at the Next Best Picture podcast says JFK. Nice little JFK shout out there. Wilt's Movie Fan says The Verdict starring Paul Newman. I haven't seen The Verdict either. Uh, No, neither of... Oh, is that the Jodie Foster one? No, that's The Accused. Uh, no, I haven't mm. seen the verdict. Logan Dameron says Philadelphia. John Berry says, I thought it has to be 12 Angry Men before I realised the majority of that film was not in the courtroom. Philadelphia wins this for me. Yeah, I, that 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 was my criteria as well. So 12 Angry Men is not going to be on my list. Land of the List says The People versus Larry Flint. In my honest opinion reviews says Recency Bias Alert, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Pete Ledesma says Presumed Innocent. Deus Ex Macchiato says, A few good men. Another aspiring writer says, Nothing quite touches anatomy of a murder for me. Fair enough there. John Arthur Bell says, Witness for the Prosecution. That's a good film. It is. John Wilkins says, Liar, Liar. Hmm. I don't know about that one, considering it's a... I don't think it's a courtroom drama. I think it's Mm. a courtroom comedy. Hmm. All right, lastly on Twitter here from M.T. Bowers, Breaker Morant is up there. Is that an Australian film? I don't know, Hendo. I've never heard of it. All right, well... Forgive me for trying to ask you a movie question. I mean, if it isn't, it's a dumb question you've just asked me. All right, let's head over to our Facebook listener discussion group. Head on over there and join up, guys. We do a lot of good, awesome movie conversations, movie questions, polls and that. Head on over and see if you can try and win some sweet, sweet merch by putting in an answer here. Michael O'Neill goes with 1947's Miracle on 34th Street. I have not seen that one, and I don't believe I've seen any of the remakes. I think there's at least one remake of that film. I'm sure I saw it when I was a kid. 
from Lawrence Devonay. None, because I grew up in a family with a few lawyers and I get a sharp pain in my forehead whenever I see the job of a lawyer depicted on film or TV. It's quite an outside-the-box answer. Don't think he's going to win this week's competition, that's for sure. Talon Crichton broke the rules once again and chose multiple films. He's gone with Lincoln Lawyer, Liar, Liar or Fracture. There are just too many to choose from and so many different reasons to be great. Sam Hurley at Movie Reviews in 20 Qs says 12 Angry Men, though it's more of a courts room drama than a courtroom. Fair enough. Awesome patron David Powell says Inherit the Wind. I haven't even heard of that one, David. And lastly here on the discussion group from patron Luke James Human, A Time to Kill. Now imagine... Do you get that reference, Hendo? No, I saw A Time to Kill when I was like 12, so I can't remember the film. I'm happy to say I do get that reference. Wow. Well, look at you, hey? Hmm. All right, let's take a look at what some of our other patrons had their answers at. Rob Manafield of the Everything Racing Podcast says A Few Good Men. Chris Beardsell also says A Few Good Men. All right. Nerd Revert has gone with Denial. Have you seen that, Hendo? Never even heard of it. Maybe I'm in denial. It's got Rachel... Nice. It's got Rachel Weiss in it. It's about a uh, Holocaust denier. All right. And lastly here, from Brother Shane, Primal Fear. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response. But, Dean, why don't we get to our top five courtroom dramas? And as usual, we kick it off with you. What is your number five? Philadelphia. What about you, Hendo? My number five is also Philadelphia. Nice. I did not expect that. All right. What about your number four? Uh, My number four is A Few Good Men. All right. My number four is To Kill a Mockingbird. Nice. When was the last time you saw that? Uh, would have been probably 10 years now. Yeah. I think I saw it in school. I liked reading the book in school. That was good. Hmm. Uh, my number three is Judgment at Nuremberg. That is a very good film. Just missed my list. My number three is Witness for the Prosecution. Also a very good film. Just missed my list. There you go. Uh, my number two is Liar Liar. Come on! What are nah, you doing? No, nah, and here's why. The drama of that movie takes place inside a courtroom. Yes, it is a comedy, but there is still courtroom drama. Boom, lawyered. Don't lawyer me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my number two is Primal Fear. Ah, nice. Primal Fear is there my number is. one. What yeah. a film. My number one is a film you already mentioned. It is A Few Good Men. Ah, yes. Great film. All right. Let's take a look at our competition to see who's going to win some sweet, sweet merch. We have a few good men and primal fear up for grabs here. So three of our patrons have a chance to win this, Dean. Why don't you pick a number between one and three? Three. All right. It's Rob Manafield takes it down this week. Nice. Good job, Rob. Yep. We'll get in contact with you and send you out some sweet, sweet merch. And if you're interested in getting your own piece of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, we have our own shop over on Public. You can go pick up a t-shirt, a hoodie, coffee mug, plenty more. We'll leave a link in the show notes for you. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! Dean, we are down to the results of the final four in our tournament of awfulness. We are so close to finding out which one of these garbage films we're going to have to be breaking down on our three-year anniversary coming up in December. I'm scared, Hendo. I'm very scared. I've been scared for the last couple of months. Let's take a look at the results. Battlefield Earth against Dumb and Dumberer. And 57% goes to Battlefield Earth. Mm. Uh, next up, we have Catwoman up against The Room. And I've got to say, I'm very surprised. Uh, Catwoman defeated the room, fifty-one percent. Mm, that's insane. I, I, I have not. I did not expect Catwoman's run to be so prominent all the way to the end here. I'm so glad the room is not in the final. It makes it a little bit more entertaining. Like, I, like, 
I've seen the room before. I really didn't have, want to have to watch the room again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At least now, one of these two films, I haven't seen either, so it's going to be a fresh film for me. But the grand final is Battlefield Earth versus Catwoman. I really hope Catwoman wins. Not the two films I expected to be in the finals when I started this. Yeah, honestly, I mean, if we say Catwoman, then people are just going to go and vote Battlefield Earth. Yeah, I mean, they're doing that anyway, so... What can you do, mate? We just have to endure. The good. The bad. All right, before we get into what else we've been watching for this podcast, let's just give you a quick heads up that we will not be spoiling the following films, so if you haven't seen them yet, don't fear, we won't ruin them for you. All right, Dean, it's the month of October. The Halloween month. And uh, last year I did, I think I binged watched two different uh, horror franchises. Uh, I think I did Friday the 13th and the Chucky films. This year I'm doing the Halloween films. Is that because you enjoyed binging those series so much last year? Hey, the Chucky films actually weren't too bad. There was a couple of good ones in there. (laughs) How many movies did you have to watch in this horror watching to get a couple of not so bad ones? I think there was, I think I... I think I recommended four out of the seven, maybe like four out of eight. And even the other ones like were two and a half, so it wasn't that bad. Friday the 13th was just a f- like a fucking nightmare. Like there is, they are all god awful, absolutely terrible, those films. But yes, Halloween, Dean, how many of these have you seen? I think I think you've seen the first and the remake. Have you seen the Rob Zombie ones? No, I've seen the first and the remake of the first. Well, yeah, I had also seen the first and the remake before I went into this. But I must say, when I went back and watched the original Halloween, it was much better than I thought. I think the film makes a lot of small things go a long way. You get a lot of lingering shots on basically nothing to increase the dread. Uh, Adding Michael into certain backgrounds so you're always unsure if he's actually there or not in every scene. Obviously, the score is iconic and it's haunting. Uh, it does resort to, you know, some cliche, dumb tropes that yeah, you know, most horror films do. Yeah, but they weren't at the time. You can't mark it down for that. They created can, these because, tropes. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that the, the decisions that they make in the film aren't, you know, aren't, are not dumb or anything. The things that, that you know happened in the third act are pretty stupid. But overall, the majority of the film is incredibly effective. So I bumped it up to a four star. Nice. I think that's what I give it. All right. But the uh, original sequel, it's uh, it's not bad. It's definitely a drop off in the quality from the first film, but it still gets the job done. There's this there's this car crash scene. I'll just say it is just so what the fuck. It is it is awesome. I loved it. Is it like funny awesome or is it bad awesome? No, like funny awesome. Oh, like holy uh, shit! Oh, are you kidding me that I did that? It's ridiculous. Nice. And while the kills have been ramped up in this film, the the no names are plenty in this film, which means I couldn't care less about anyone who died in this film. However, aside from the one drawn out scene with this guard, I I don't think I was ever bored in this film. So three stars for this film. Very good. I feel like it's only going to get worse from here, though. I think number two was your only hope. <laughs> Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. This is the only film in the Halloween franchise that doesn't have Michael Myers. And I found out because it is, they intended it to be an anthology series at this point where they were going to have each movie be a separate like movie, like a, some sort of like American Horror Story style uh, anthology that they were going for. But I think it didn't get well received because they made the second film a Michael Myers film as well. Yeah, I was going to say, they've already, they've yeah. already made the sequel, like... Why start yeah. an anthology now? I think they intended to do it with the second film, but because it was such a big hit, they went back to the Michael Myers uh, drawing board for that one. 
But I can see people's frustration with this film at the at the time it was released. I'll say at the time it was released. But honestly, if you view this film for what they intended for an anthology film, it's actually all right. It's definitely ridiculous, but in a good way. It's got some great practical effects with the kills. It's got a pretty effective ending and a song that plays throughout this film that you will never get out of your head. I give this one three stars as well. I was actually legitimately shocked that I've given three recommends so far out of three for the Halloween franchise. I thought, this is, we're going off to a good start here. Yeah, that is shocking. I have no desire to watch it. Terrible title for a film. The subtitle, Season of the Witch. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really uh, rope you in, does it? What about this one, though? Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. That'll get some bums in seats. Uh, th- this is where we go the, over the line from recommend to not recommend. I think this really started to fall into that generic horror movie territory. And again, in this with the, with the whole franchise, there are some okay kills in this in this film. There's some pretty good performances, especially from this young actor, Danielle Harris. She was really good. Is Jamie Lee Curtis still in this stuff? No, she was done after the second one. Oh, wow. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, what do you want me to say? No, she's not. So it's either the second or the third one. <laughs> <laughs> The story in this film is very lackluster. There's this stupid love triangle thing going on that was an absolute snooze fest. And there's none of the creativity from the first two films that utilize Michael Myers as this terrifying presence here. Uh, I think the mask is atrocious in this film, but I do think the ending brought it back a little bit, but not enough. Two and a half for Halloween 4. Okay, sounds like a generous rating. Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. Yeah, we've fallen pretty far with this film. This one is all over the joint. There's nothing exciting or thrilling that happens in this film. All the new characters are absolutely atrocious. They literally have bumbling music for these two dopey cops as they walk around. It's like they treat them like a comedy in this, you know, supposedly horror film. And the carryover cast are all basically shells of their former self, or they disregard them unceremoniously. It's it's kind of disrespectful, honestly, for what they had tried to create for the first, you know, three, four films. The plot is a giant mess. It makes absolutely no sense. There's nothing redeeming about this film. One star for Halloween 5. Wow. I mean, I say wow. I'm not remotely surprised. It sounds terrible. Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, the acting debut of Mr. Paul Rudd. This is a shitstorm of a film. I think I was at about the 45-minute mark of basically staring through the screen when I realized that nothing had actually happened in the film yet. There's this ridiculous like flash editing that happens throughout the film that is atrocious. The character assassination is unwarranted. The dumb cult plotline is woefully put together. I did bump this up over the fifth installment because I do think the last 10 minutes bring this back up just a little bit, but it is still a terrible film. It is one and a half for Halloween 6. Hmm. So we get to Halloween H2O with the return of Jamie Lee How Curtis. How many of these are there, Hendo? There are 11 Halloween films. Wow, that is ridiculous. This came out in 98. You can definitely see the effect that Scream had on this film, as it definitely feels a lot different to the previous batch of films. It's more of an updated 90s like slasher kind of film. Jamie Lee Curtis being back is a nice touch, even if it does make this the you know essentially new Halloween 3. The problem is that two-thirds of this film is either teen melodrama or Jamie Lee Curtis being jump-scared at by nothing except bursts of sound added in post-production. I mean, how old is Jamie Lee Curtis at this point? She's not a teen, is she? No, she has a, she has a kid. She's like an 18-year-old kid. Oh, okay. Good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. This this could have got a recommend if they actually focused a bit more on Michael Myers and brought him back as a menacing character we had from the first two films. But since this is a late 90s slasher film, you got to focus on all that teen heartthrob bullshit. 
two stars for Halloween H2O. Why is it called Halloween H2O? Is there a big water theme to it? No, the subtitle is 20 years later. So it's like H20, but everyone says H2O. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they didn't really think about that. Is that that like fan four stick? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) All right, the next film here, Halloween Resurrection. Two things this franchise really loves doing is retconning and treating its recurring characters like absolute dog shit. And my God, the start of this film is an absolute abomination. Now, I mean, clearly this is bad. This is really, really bad. But comparing it to my worst film at the moment, number five, while that was boring bad, this was hilariously bad. Like the writing in this film is at an all-time low. The characters are worthless and cliche. The kills are unoriginal. But it was so bad that I was laughing throughout at how far this franchise has fallen. One star for Halloween Resurrection. Nasty. Well, I, I saw one of these true crime documentaries on Netflix that was seemingly very, very popular called American Murder. What is it? The Family Next Door? Is that the subtitle there? Yeah, that's right. I'm pretty sure I watched this on the same night as you did. Creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoa. Not as creepy as that laugh, though, Hendo. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Brit had been bugging me to watch this with her for a while. I was interested. Uh, it was obviously, I think it was number one on Netflix or something for a while. So I was like, all right, yeah. this is probably going to be okay. And I think the best thing about this is the access that we get. Like, the the fact that we get... There's no, like, people talking to the camera. There's no interviews with these people after the fact. Everything we see... Do you see, know what they're actually called? Do you know the, you know the term uh, that they use? Yeah, talking heads. There you go, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, there's no talking heads. But, you know, we get, uh, like, body cams from police. We get the, the, the mother is extremely... Uh, Prolific, prolific, proficient, prolific, prolific, proficient. Well, she is that too. No, she is prolific on Facebook, so she uh, she does post heaps of videos. So we do get a pretty good sense of this family. Um, Yeah, overkill. Like I thought, my missus was bad, but she's nothing. (laughs) Uh, So the actual access that we have to it is really, really good. Did you know anything about? The, the case or the story? No, absolutely nothing. Okay, I, I went into it like knowing what had happened. Okay, so you think that really hurt your viewing experience? No, because me knowing what had happened, it looked like basically seeing it from a different perspective that you did. It, to me, it felt like it was kind of telegraphed anyway. So I don't think it ruined my experience because I, I mean, I'm you thinking knew it if I. Like you can't say. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know, but. It felt like it was like kind of obvious. So for me to think, would I would it have been a better experience for me if I didn't know? Well, no, because I feel like I would have picked up on it. You know what I mean? Like I can't see it from that perspective now. Okay, okay. Um, the issue I had with it is that maybe maybe is the same as what you're saying. Is I, I was watching it and I was waiting for like it to go to the next level, like for something to for the penny to drop and me be like, wow. And nothing really happens. Like you sort of I looked at it at one point and there was 20 minutes to go and I looked at Britain. I was like, oh my God, is this it? She was like, yeah. Um, I will say like the last five minutes legit have stayed with me. It's very, very um rough. But yeah, it's I'll give it three and a half. I think it's I think it's well put together. I just think the story 
I mean, it's hard. It's a true story, so you can't <laughs> you can't blame him too much. But the story didn't go, you know, in interesting enough directions. And again, maybe you know we're not watching this to be interested, but you know, it's entertainment at the end of the day. Well, you you look at it from a documentary perspective. Like, um, in terms of the story and the material, like I I, I this gets a recommend already just from the story itself. Like, it, it is, you know, it's obviously a horrific and shocking story. But I I, feel, I don't. It's odd. So. You said it was really. You said it was put together really well. I think it was okay. Like I agree with you. I think the, you know, the final portion of this film was just there was there was no crescendo. Like there was there was no big Ooh, here we go. It was just kind of there. And I'm like, ah, oh, all right. It's not really what you know how I thought this whole story was going to resolve itself. I I I give it three stars. I think I think it's okay. Okay, I can't disagree with you. It's it's around that three three and a half rank. So then I got onto the Rob Zombie Halloween films, Dean. How did that go for you? Is that a is that a good thing or a bad thing? Considering I think you're sort of saying that Halloweens are getting worse and worse, I'm just going to assume it's a bad thing. Well, he rebooted the the franchise, I guess, with his own little flair. And the only Rob Zombie film I'd seen before this was The Devil's Rejects, and that was an absolute piece of shit. So oh. I didn't have any high expectations going into this one. So this is this Halloween remake is basically two one-hour films put together. It's uh, essentially the the story of Michael Myers for the first hour when he was a kid and how he became how he became, and the second hour is essentially almost a shot-for-shot remake from the first Halloween. Nothing really new about it. Uh, it's probably a bit a little bit more gorier, perhaps you know a little bit of Rob Zombie dialogue that's just a, that's terrible. And while I do appreciate that Rob Zombie tried to give us some sort of story as to why Michael is the way that he is, and the first half is definitely better than the second half, it doesn't really offer anything new. Uh, it's not up to the caliber of the original. And what really drops it for me was I watched the director's cut, I believe, the unrated version, and there is this this horrible and gratuitous rape scene in the middle of it that offers absolutely nothing to this story. Like literally nothing. I went back and had a look at the rated version and what they actually did in that scene in particular, and where that whole scene's gone, and there's something else there, and that would have worked much better as a, as a movie in general. It's actually that bad that it actually dropped it from a recommend to a not recommend purely on that scene alone. So two and a half for Rob Zombie's Halloween. Fair enough. And then we get to his sequel remake, Halloween Two, and you can see that Rob Zombie has got a lot more free reign on this one because this is kind of awful. This film. There's basically no likable characters in this movie. You got Michael has turned into this grunting, rage-filled lunatic rather than this stone-cold killer with no emotion. Is he like Bane in Batman and Robin? Mm, no. <laughs> I have to think about that one. <laughs> it's it's bizarre because when he kills people in this bit like this big grunting where he's like rah, 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 as he like every time he stabs them, it's like you don't need to have any emotion with this. You just you just do it like no sound, like no emotion. That's how you want Michael Myers. Uh, the character of Laurie is so annoying in this film. I felt zero sympathy for her. And Loomis is just a straight out dick now. And then you add in this stupid white horse ghost mum vision nonsense that's going on. And then there's this, you know, surprise, got your first 20 minutes. Uh, this movie is just shithouse. I bump it up to one and a half because it does have some pretty decent, like, gory kills for a horror film, but it's still pretty terrible. One and a half for Halloween 2. Does that actually mean something to you if you see, like, exceptionally gory scenes? You're like, ooh, there's an extra half star. You don't strike me as that sort of person. 
if I'm watching a horror film, it's kind of what I would expect. And if it gives me some sort of, oh God, that's, yeah, that's a bit, that's a bit rough, then yeah, it would move it up a bit for me. So you're into like the torture porn sort of stuff. This wasn't torture porn. No, but just in general. No, I don't like that genre. But I mean, that sort of gets off on the sort of reaction. Yeah, good on it. It will probably go up half a star for me then if it did its job. If I watch a comedy and it gives me laughs, I'm going to bump it up. If it doesn't give me laughs, then it's not going to be good, is it? Wow, why are you so angry tonight, Hendo? I just watched Halloween 2, all right? <laughs> and then I finished off the Halloween franchise by re-watching the 2018 Halloween. Uh, I've already spoken about this and so have you uh, a little while back. Nothing really changed for me with this film. I still enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it's got some... Good characters. Michael Myers is really good in this. Jamie Lee Curtis is uh, back for this one. She steals the show. I really enjoyed this one. Three and a half stars for that one. Nice. It is a very good movie. Yeah. And then I watched another somewhat horror film, a zombie horror film from, I believe, South Korea called Hashtag Alive. It's on Netflix at the moment. Have you seen that floating about, Dean? I didn't know it was actually called Hashtag Alive. I've heard of Alive. I didn't realize the hashtag was there. It's definitely there. Wow. Is it good? Yeah, I've heard of it. Is it good? Yeah, it's fine. It's a three-star film. There's nothing uh, outstanding with it, but there's nothing terrible about it. It's basically about a zombie outbreak and uh, a guy who's basically trapped in his apartment who can't leave, who has to basically fend for himself in his environment that he's in while trying not to get the attention of the zombies. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and it's fine. Like, it's enjoyable enough. There's some good things in there, like watching him, you know, do do his things, try to get past all these problems that he's got and how he ends up, you know, communicating with people and trying to escape. It's, it's good. Three stars. Nice. And then a new big 2020 film came out on Netflix. Dean, I watched The Trial of the Chicago 7. Is this prosecution politically motivated? I'm tired of hearing you. It would be impossible for me to care any less what you are tired of. Here I have to find some courage now. now. How much is it worth to you? What's your price? To call off the revolution? My life. Yes, I also watched that. Uh, only because you told me that it's getting good reviews and could be uh, best picture material. Yeah, I did see something that said it had good potential for all of that. So, what would you think of it? Well, it's very topical, isn't it? I mean, it's about... It's about a group of people who are being prosecuted for uh, conspiracy to riot and basically, yeah, so basically these these different, like not even connected in some of them, but these different people come together in one spot, there's a big fight with police and now they're getting prosecuted for it. And it is, it is a massive courtroom drama here. Like so much oh, of yeah. this is inside a courtroom. Written and directed by Aaron Sorkin as well. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin. Uh, I thought it was good. It wasn't too Sorkin-y, you know. It wasn't too uh, clever for the sake of being clever. I didn't watch it and just think, like, get off your own high horse, Sorkin. I don't know how you felt with the writing. I mean, there was an eye roll at one point where one of them said, this is the Academy Awards of trials. I'm like, ah, stop it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what did I think of it? It's, it's a very well-made movie. I just, I don't know. It just feels... Too topical, if that's a thing. Like hearing hearing them talk about all this police, uh, you know, potential police violence and whatnot. It was a bit like, oh, really? Honestly, I think the stuff in the actual courtroom was really good. That was the highlight of the film. I think. I think once it gets out of the courtroom, it really starts to dip. And you're going to be the first to hear it here. Eddie Redmayne. I thought he was really good. I didn't mind him in this. 
Yeah, I no, I I completely agree. He did the American thing really well. Uh, he wasn't annoying. Yeah, I thought he was good in this. He was well cast here. Sasha Baron Cohen was really good. Yep, and Frank Langella as the judge, I think, was fantastic as well. Oh, he yeah, he was great. Uh, love love the judge. And even Mark Rylance as the lawyer. Yeah, Rylance was good. I mean, the cast yeah, is it's great. really good in terms of yeah. all the acting. Yeah, it's it's really really yeah. good. I just think the plot is a little thin, to be honest. Uh, I don't think it went far enough for me to be really excited or interested in what was happening. It is very much more a showcase of. Uh, performances rather than, you know, plot-driven uh, content for me. I also think the way it ended was kind of a fizzle as well. Yeah, I agree. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like the ending. Uh, it's not offensive. It's just, oh, okay, it's over. Yeah, cool. I wanted a bit yeah. more. So, what do you give it? I give it three and a half. Yep, same here. Three and a half for the trial of the Chicago Seven. Yep. All right. I also saw the remake. Of the 90s film, The Witches. Yeah, I didn't even know this was a thing. Yeah, I had seen the poster with Anne Hathaway playing the titular witch, or the Grand High Witch, I guess you'd say. Uh, and I thought, oh, okay, this will be interesting, you know? I thought, here we go. Interesting. Uh, I think what really, really hurts this movie for me is that I do love the original. Like, i probably give the original four and a half stars. I've seen it so many times. Angelica Houston is just... Perfect as a Grand High Witch. This, I mean, Octavia Spencer plays the grandma in this. She annoyed me. No end. Uh, and I Come on, Dean, how can you forget Ma? Ma, no. No, I don't think of Ma. I'd, I long for the real grandmother. Luke! Luke! Uh, I, miss, I miss the original, and I think... I think that hurts this film. But that being said, this movie is terrible. It is truly, truly awful. There is so much terrible... Like, there's so many poor decisions that were made in the making of this film. The CGI in this film is laughably bad. Laughably bad. They CGI... And you wanted me to watch this film. They CGI like everything they can. There is. She has a cat at one point that's like on her arm and that's CGI. It's like, yeah, of course it is. There are snakes that are CGI. <laughs> her mouth like her mouth is like split open. You'll see it in the, in the post. She's got a, sort of got like joker scars that her mouth just chooses to turn into like a really big mouth. Every now and then, at at will, I guess. Uh, there's no like the most memorable part about the first one is like uh, you know the big scene where the mask comes off and all of that. There's nothing yeah. like that. Like the scenes there, there's no big reveal. I kept waiting for. Okay, here we go. Nothing. She she has like weird like like weird three fingers. She's got one massive toe that looks like it's constantly giving the audience a finger. Like we get it. I know I'm already watching this terrible film. You don't have to insult me at the same time. Uh, Chris Rock narrates it for some strange reason. The whole they changed the end. I don't like it. One and a half stars. Jesus, do you know who directed it? Yes, Zemeckis. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I, I couldn't believe... I didn't know that until the movie finished and it came up with Robert Zemeckis. I was like, oh, come on. That is... This is a shockingly bad film and you should watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Why not? It's really good. Also... No, because... Also, who watches this film? This is way too scary for like a, you know, eight to ten sort of audience and it's too childish in parts for an older audience. It's so... Hey, can, I, can I just say, the original witches scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, and rightly so, but at least that was a good movie. <laughs> I mean, that's your argument there. I mean, it's a good argument. Chris! 
Grandma! Grandma! All right. It seemed kind of timely that we did the 1940s Rebecca breakdown recently, uh, considering that the new remake was coming out on Netflix so soon, which I did watch. I'm so glad that we did Rebecca when we did, and I didn't watch this Rebecca first. Yeah, when I started watching it, considering we just did the 1940s uh, breakdown, I had that in my mind. Like, what is the differences between that film? Even though it is an adaptation of the book, I mean, this it's not technically a remake of the 1940s version. It is just a, another adaptation of that book. And it's not as good. Nah, it's nowhere near as good. Not. This is like the definition of a generic movie. I mean, people meet, they go places, some things happen, they get resolved, the end. There's nothing special about it. Can I make one point, though? You argued with me in that original, Rebecca, that there is a character referred to as cousin that you said is not the cousin. Here we go. I knew this was going to come up. 100%. It's the cousin. I can't believe you even... Because I knew I was right. And you're like, no, it's not the cousin. It fucking is. It's it's Look, the cousin. In my defense, in the forties version, the Farvel character does it with some like cheeky, yeah, you know, I'm the first cousin, wink, wink, nod, nod. Like, you can't blame me no, for that. He was being serious. He did not oh, say well, it obviously, like that. No, he did. And in this one, it made it pretty clear that yeah, he was the first cousin. I was like, yeah, damn. I, I mean, this film's not good. It's there's no subtlety about it. Like Hitchcock really had like subtlety going on. There was mystery yeah. to it. There's no mystery in this. It's such a bland movie. The end, again, they've changed it and it sucks. Like, they really yep. do alter big parts of the ending for the worse. Uh, Lily James is fine. I felt like she was a little melodramatic, though. Maybe a bit of overacting. Army Hammer is just there to look good and he, he nails it, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> In the over oversized mustard suit. <laughs> yes. I wonder if that's the colour they'll wear in the black and white version. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I didn't buy the relationship either here. Uh, whereas maybe it's a sign of the times, the way that the man was treating the woman. But in this one, it was just like, does he even like her? Like, I don't know. It didn't feel right. See, this film doesn't feel like it's set way back in the day. Like, this could have easily been set maybe 10 years ago. It doesn't have that, that feel for like the 30s or the 40s. You know, there was nothing distinguishable about it. Yeah. Yeah, not a good remake, not a good adaptation either. I give this uh, film two stars. Yeah, I'm two stars as well. It's not like it's not terrible. Uh, it's just not good. All right. So at this point, I decided I wanted to get in touch with some of my favorite podcasters out there and find out which of their favorite films I haven't seen myself. And I was going to do one person a month where I pick one of their favorite films and I watch it and I discuss it. And for this month, I've got this gentleman. Hello, Hendo. Hello, Dean. This is Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. And very stoked, Hendo, that you have gone through my letterbox campaign and found a film which i genuinely love a film which i have championed for the best part of the last three decades a film from a small director that you may never have heard of named peter jackson who before he made it big with lord of the rings trilogy did this great gore-tastic horror comedy brain dead or dead alive as it's sometimes known to the americans in your audience now, everybody's got these films they've gone to the cinema to see, not expecting a whole heck of a lot and being absolutely blown away by what was put on the screen in front of them. Brain Dead is such an experience for me. Went there, not expecting anything, packed house, appreciative crowd, just splatter up the way. Hey, the last 45 minutes of this film is one of the absolute best climaxes to a movie I've ever seen. I never laughed so hard in my life. The gore is just so magnificent. The lawnmower through the sea of 
zombies in this film, which is what it basically is, a zombie film with a New Zealand twist, if I can put it that way. It's just so, so good, and you can't take it seriously. And even though it is gory, it's not, well, other than a scene which my co-host Wayne will tell you, involving pus earlier in the film, it's not disgusting. It's played so perfectly that the tone is so right, and I am fascinated to hear what you think of this one, Hendo, whether you love it, whether you actually, because you're not a horror guy, whether you hate it and just don't see it. Also, it being 30 years removed, it won't have that nostalgia vibe. So here's fingers crossed you don't loathe it. I'm certainly not expecting a five-star rating from you, but if it got anywhere around three-star, I think I'll, I'll cop that on the chin and, and be pretty satisfied with my efforts. But thanks again, and uh, well, look, hope you enjoy this and all the other films that you are filling the blind spots on. Cheers, mate. All the best. Yeah, so I decided to watch Brain Dead, one of Peter Jackson's very early films from the early nineties. I don't know why why you would put yourself through this. Like it sounds why? from everything I've heard on the Countdown podcast, it just it sounds disgusting. Look, yes, it's disgusting, but it's funny disgusting. I actually really enjoyed watching this film. Here we go. It's so funny, dude. I'm telling you, it's so funny. I was laughing so much in this film. The practical gore effects that Peter Jackson managed to do way back with a low budget in like the early 90s, I think it was 1992, is outstanding. Like, bravo for doing that. Like, it was unbelievable how good they were. The story is fine. I mean, it's okay. It's nothing spectacular. It's nothing bad either. There were a couple of scenes where they were definitely miss uh, as opposed to hit. But overall, I had a very enjoyable time with this film and I give it three and a half stars. Okay. Forgive me if I have no desire to go out and watch it. I mean, I can always make you watch it at some point. And by go out, I obviously mean stay inside like I always do. (laughs) All right. And the final film I'm going to be talking about is a sequel coming out this year. It's Borat 2, subsequent movie film. Ago, I released movie film which brought great shame to Kazakhstan. But now I was instructed to return to Yankee Land to carry out secret mission. I go to America. Yeah, I just missed watching this one. I might, I might check it out this week. Well, didn't you watch half of Hubie Halloween that you never went back to? Yeah, I watched half of Hubie Halloween. Uh, I had every intention of going back, but the longer I got from that first initial <laughs> viewing, I realised I'm not going to get anything more out of this film. It's really bad, and Adam Sandler can't save it. Yep, that's Hubie Halloween for you, people. I mean, he does his stupid accent. God, I hate it when Sandler does accents. He's terrible. All right, you're talking about a bad film there. Let's talk about a recommendable film, Borat 2. I mean, it's pretty good. It's uh, not as good as the original. A lot of stuff in it is a big whoosh, like a lot of misses, but there's still a lot of hits in there, a lot of stuff in there that nails it. I think the main story that's going on here between Borat and his 13-year-old daughter is pretty good. The chemistry between these two is really good, and I must say the acting from this actress is really spot on. Like She holds her own with Sasha Baron Cohen in those like those hidden camera scenes. Like She does very good. Even there's a couple of scenes where she's by herself that she really shows a strong performance. There are a lot of big shock moments as well throughout the film you get a lot of uh, politicians getting caught out you know doing some wrong things with hidden cameras and they all had to come out and defend themselves like oh you know that was all editing and trickery i didn't do any of that it's like there's no way you can defend yourself in some of these things you see like absolutely no way it's also very topical as well like it's got a lot to do with donald trump and michael pence it's uh it's it's a pretty decent film like i i definitely recommend you check it out dean i'll give this one three stars Closer to a three and a half, though. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm, I'm, I think I'm a big Sasha Baron Cohen fan. I think I would say Borat, the first one that I saw in the cinemas, could be one of the most, one of the movies I've laughed the most at in a theatre. I think the most I laughed at at a cinema was uh, a Jackass film. Can't remember which one, though. 
That doesn't surprise me. You seem like that sort of bloke. That would laugh at the jackass stuff. Yeah. Don't lie that you haven't ever laughed at any of their stuff. Not once. That's bullshit. And that's going to do it for what else we've been watching for the month of October. Thank you very much to Jay and Ryan for coming on for another good battle. Yeah, thanks, boys. Now, next week it is your pick, Dean. You've gone with Rashomon. Yeah, I mean, I think apart from Yojimbo, which was super early, we haven't really looked at samurai movies. So, yeah, I'm going to, I think it's time we get back into the samurai movie and we watch Rashomon. And I've never seen it, so I'm pumped. Yep, sounds good to me, mate. So, thank you very much, everyone, for checking out this episode. And we will see you next week for Rashomon. Bye. Bye.